0: This is the Sports Bash with Mike Gill on 97.3 ESPN. Now, live inside the Matt Black Kia Studios, here's Mike Gill. Josh Henning filling in for Mike Gill here on 97.3 ESPN, along with Hunter Brody as usual. We'll get more to the text board a little bit later in the show, 609-403-0973. Talk more Sixers and NBA. NBA restarts tonight. You can hear Clippers versus Lakers tonight on 97.3 ESPN. Sixers officially back in action this weekend to get to all of that now. Daryl Reynolds, co-host of the Process podcast with some guy named Rhodes. Never heard of him. It's a pretty good podcast, actually. Yeah, I would say so. I got to admit, you know, it's a good job they do. I would have to agree. Phenomenal job. A-plus if you ask me. Actually, I wish this was the podcast a little longer. Sometimes you guys only keep it to like twenty some, you know, twenty eight minutes, and I'm like, I-, I want a little more. But
1: you want more? We got to give the people what they want, D. Ray. Although we touch thirty minutes, I mean, we go thirty. But if that's too short for you, Josh, we can always bump some more content in there. It's a
0: personal preference. Okay. Daryl Reynolds joins us in the boardwalk on the hotline. D. Ray, how you doing today?
2: I'm doing great, man. How y'all feeling?
0: Doing pretty good. But we got to talk about this Sixers team because, man, I am frustrated with Joel Embiid. Brett Brown's now telling us they're not going to play him too many minutes after we were told for months he's in great shape. He's got a calf strain or ache or whatever it was. Kept him out of the game. He literally only played one scrimmage game. Daryl, what is going on with Joel Embiid?
2: I really don't know. And I got to be honest, I'm as frustrated as you. Um, I would love to see him out there more. Me and Bros talked about it this morning, that process, like there comes a point where you kind of got to just suck it up. I understand that you got to be careful. You don't want to turn into a bigger injury, but it feels like every week it's something new. And, you know, Bros is touched on this. If he's out for too long, he kind of falls out of the great shape that he was in. So I don't know. I, I really hope that If this plan pays off as it did for, like, a Kawhi where it's like, all right, let's rest him now and make sure that you're more than good later down the line, I'm all for it. But the whole, like, walking tentatively with Joel, it's it's disheartening, man.
1: Well, let me hit you with this from Brett Brown today. Brett Brown says he is going to be careful in regards to the amount of minutes and bead plays in the seeding games. We are going to be here for a long time. We don't want to do anything reckless. Your initial thoughts on that.
2: That's what I'm saying. That plays exactly into the narrative that I would want. Uh, but I, I can't, you know, the Sixers with their injury history, I can't honestly say I fully believe that. You know what I mean? Like, it is what it is. But I would hope that narrative is true in the sense of, listen, we're going to be down here for a while. Obviously, the goal will be playing until October whenever the finals are. I'm pretty sure its start, like, on the 12th or 13th or something like that. Be playing until then, so – Let's not, you know, completely just put all our chips out right now. Let's get him down the line and make sure he's good further down. So, we'll see. We'll see.
0: Should we be concerned about Joel Embiid's mindset if he's not maybe pushing the coaches to get out
2: there? Ah, uh, Yes, yes, yes. It should be one of those things where you I mean, okay, I will say this. Exhibition games, I'm all for sitting on exhibition games. That's what you can't. These eight regular season games, I think he absolutely should be putting pressure on them for uh, for him to play because these are the games where you kind of shake off all the little, you know, dust and everything you got to get out because, you know, after this, it's it's for keeps. You're playing the series that if you lose, you're completely out. So these eight regular season games, he should 100% be playing. They should have to tell him you can't go out there as opposed to how are you feeling today.
1: Absolutely. I agree with that. I would like for him to play a little bit more of the exhibition games on top of that as well. But, you know, me and you, we always talk about, and Gil as well, and and Josh, you're in on this mindset, that, you know, you got to develop, you got to grow to expect Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid to just dominate the league instantly. Well, that's silly. There is a growing part of this when it comes to playing professional sports. We talk about the mindset right now with Joel Embiid. Is growing and developing that type of mindset that you need to win championships part of it as well, or is that only with the physical part of the game? I bring that up because some people claim you either have it or you don't when it comes to the the give-me-the-damn-ball attitude.
2: Yeah, I think the the give-the-ball attitude is definitely you have it or you don't, but as far as experience goes, you can't buy that. You know what I mean? There's a reason, Jordan was seen as to be head and shoulders talented above everybody in the league. and He had a great team around him, but he didn't win a ring until, you know, I, I want to say what, he was in the league damn near 10 years. So he got his first – no, nah, that's a stretch. It was closer to six or seven. But bottom line is just because you're talented and you're great doesn't mean you're going to have the experience and the know-how to just get through everybody. You cannot buy experience. You can't fake that. So him being out there on the floor, if they want this to turn into a dynasty like they say, you, you need them to mess together. You need him and Ben to play together. You need him and other guys to play together. And For every moment he's out there, somebody else is filling in who, quite frankly, isn't a part of the grand scheme of things. No offense to Al Horford, but his nickname is The Process. This is called a Process for a reason. So we really have to make sure that we get him out there again. I'm saying we like I'm on the coaching staff. I know I'm not, but we really got to get him out there again because you cannot buy experience.
0: Daryl Brown joining us here on the Boardwalk kind of hotline on 973 ESPN. Make sure you're following him on Twitter at D-Ray the Director. He joins us every Thursday on 97.3 ESPN to talk sixers in the NBA. You mentioned Al Horford. I'm conflicted about Al Horford because of the fact that in the games that MB wasn't out there in the scrimmages, Horford looked daggone good. We want Embiid out there instead of Horford. So how do we bridge this conflict between we need Embiid out there to have this team win a championship and the fact that Horford, for those couple of games that Embiid didn't play at all, looked pretty darn good?
2: I mean, to be quite honest, it's It's, it's comforting. Because as much money they gave him, you know, you don't just want a pseudo coach. He's not Jawan Howard. They gave him that much money to be a player. And Lord knows nobody's worried about the backup Joel Embiid if he's Al Horford. So... It's comforting to know that okay, Elton Brand once again made a great decision that paid off later down the line. Uh, but like I said before, this is the process we need to process, and you kind of want to see it through with John B. But I hope of being out there, you know, kind of messing with these younger guys, coaching them up. I think once he does take that back seat when John B. gets back, it makes his word that much more credible. You're going to listen to him as a young player. You're listening to him that much quicker because you understand that this guy has seen a ton of basketball.
1: I don't know if it's the Phillies news today that's just making me be super negative, but I'll throw this one at you. Ben Simmons, no threes since game one, so two games, did not take one since then. Are you now concerned about that over four-and-a-half three-point attempts that you and Gil have over me?
2: Yes, yes, I, 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 I am very concerned. i got to be honest. I thought that last game of the exhibition he would just kind of put them up because quote-unquote didn't count, but I'm getting to a point where it's just like, ah, Okay, what's going on? You said it before, you know, he pulled the whole stunt where he made one and then we didn't see another one until we saw a blue moon. I'm really hoping this is not the case again.
0: Answer me this question. At what point are we just going to, you know, I asked this about Embiid. I'm going to ask you about Ben Simmons too. At what point are we just concerned that we got two phenomenally talented guys whose head are just not in the right space?
2: Uh, I don't want to get there yet. I don't think it's there yet. I, I can't believe that we're there yet with these guys. But things like Joel B being out more, uh, things like Ben Simmons not taking a three after that first game are the things that kind of make you nervous that it's going back in that direction. I honestly feel like, though, this is kind of it for this team as we know it. If something does not happen in this season, I'm not saying something is a championship uh, maybe something is making it to the Eastern Conference Finals. Maybe something is just kind of playing to a point where it's like they're great. They came up against a better team in X, Y, and Z, but they're great. But if something does not happen uh, this year, I don't see this team as 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 we know it continuing. I, I'm pretty sure it's going to start with Brett Brown. With Lord knows he's a scapegoat with a lot of things, but I think at that point. You look at this Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons thing and you kind of start tapping your fingers like, is this really going to work with both of them? And I think it will be changes made.
0: Now, you just mentioned the fact that they win or don't win a championship this year. Is it maybe beneficial if they don't win a championship this year? Because you mentioned Jordan before. Took him eight years to win a championship. LeBron took him eight years to win a championship. Kobe took him about six years. Shaq, seven years. All these guys, it takes them time to grow into a champion so maybe is it beneficial for these guys to not win so they get another year where it forces them to go back to the lab and get better?
2: Uh, I'm going to say it like Lombardi and Cam Newton said. Uh, you know, you show me a good loser. <laughs> you say a good loser, I'm going to show you a loser. So I don't think there's any type of benefit in losing. But I will say realistically, uh, just talking from a coaches and player's perspective at the same time, there's something to be said about the way you lose. So if they go out this year and, like I said, they get to the Eastern Conference Finals and they come up against a buzzsaw of a Milwaukee Bucks team that's just clicking on a different level and you understand that, you know, all right, they got it. Or they play the Raptors and it's like, listen, those guys are just that good even without Kawhi, but you know what? They played and we saw a shimmer of light. Cool. But if it's just a fizzle-out kind of loss where it's like everybody's just kind of waiting for that fifth or sixth game to come to a close so they can get off the court, no. That type of thing is like, all right, we can't deal with this. Changes have to be made.
1: I agree completely. I do think context matters when it comes to this. If it looks like they just got defeated by a team that's way better than them, then what are you supposed to do? And the thing about the changes, you know, I, I do think if things go wrong this season, that it is okay to maybe move in another direction when it comes to the head coach. But in terms of Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons, I, I personally. I just can't move on from that type of talent yet. Ben is still so young, and Joel's what, 26? He's starting to hit that time that I say it's ready to rock and roll, but it is just too early for me to
2: say it's time to move on from any of these guys. Oh, you know, I don't think it's time to. I'm saying it's going to be looked at right now. Well, not right now, but let's wind the clock back to you everybody thought these guys are like clay and stuff they will be here forever they'll probably wear a six uniform forever we're going to run off x amount of championships under these two being together and that's that at this point in time it's one of those things where you already hear the questions of all right well if you had to choose which one would you keep you know if you had to make a difference which one would you keep and it's just those type of conversations to me get that much louder when they continue to not win in a certain way i'm not saying they have to go out there and be the 96 Bulls right now, but if you don't see it trending in that direction, I completely understand why it's just like, well, okay, can we kind of do this with just one of them? But obviously, they just paid that much money. You're you know, they're not going to pay for this. They will. Right now. Everybody but just got it's all not, not happening right rates just because of It's just, all right, what's the accident?
0: Cut! All right, right, I'm to ask no, you, you a non-Sixers question. It's a very important I just, question. When I accident forgiveness from Allstate.
2: Click or call Who's for the a quote today.
0: Giannis or LeBron?
2: LeBron. LeBron, uh, I, I hate to admit it. Jonathan, well, why, why, why do you, you hate to admit Mahomes Mahomes that? I think that you should be very excited to admit that. In the NFL. I, I don't get me wrong. I respect LeBron, but like I said, just between his antics, like the the time you know after Kobe's passing, you yeah, know, I, I hate to, to to talk about this in a bad. way. It's not about Kobe passing. But when LeBron comes down, I want to say it was the next game he does that reverse dunk, and he was like, That wasn't me out there with dunk. That was Kobe. You know what I mean? You ever seen that movie, such and such, where he came down and took over the guy's body? It's like, Shut up. Like, come on, bro. Like, he just, it's like every time he gets to a point where it's just like, I'm loving it. I'm loving it. I'm loving it. He says something or does something that's just like, Oh, this guy. But the game, you got to respect it. What he did this year, you got to respect it. At 35 years old, you have to absolutely respect it. LeBron's MVP this year.
0: Yeah, see, that's why I agree with you because, you know, everything else aside, this is a guy who, first of all, is at his age leading the league in assists. The last time a dude who was his size led the league in assists was magic. I don't think that's a coincidence. I don't think it's a coincidence that you have a guy who goes to a Lakers team, which you could argue Outside of Anthony Davis, the Lakers actually have a worse roster in terms of talent than the Bucks do around Giannis. And Giannis, no offense, he's still young. LeBron, you got to factor in his age along with the value to the team. You take LeBron off that team, the Lakers are garbage. You take Giannis off the team, the Bucks still might make the playoffs I and mean, maybe be a six seed.
2: Yes. Absolutely, absolutely. And not to mention they're in the West. Like, what he's put together this year, this campaign, especially after last year, what you have to respect about LeBron overall is that you want to talk about the next play, next day mentality. Like, last year, within a year, that kind of tripped up a lot of people. He was like, listen, that year was what it was. We made a couple of changes, but it didn't change him. He still showed up every day, like you said, 35, leading, leading assist, one of the top guys in scoring and offensive efficiency. Like, it's just We've never seen anything like it. Give him his flowers while he's here. You gotta respect it. But his antics will never it would never sit well with me. I'm sorry. And just to
1: give everybody a sneak peek of what we do on the process podcast, I think somehow LeBron James gets thrown into every pod because yeah. I'm such a lover and he's so disrespectful. It's unbelievable. But I wanna <laughs> ask you this, D Ray. Matisse Thibel. Have you been impressed yeah. with Matisse Thibel's ability to, I mean, get to the, lately it seems like getting to the basket, he's been dunking on another level. Do you think that his offensive game can be effective enough to keep him out on the floor, say, over Furkan Korkmaz?
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. Unless, and we, me and you spoke about this this morning, I feel like unless Furcon turns into a guy that, when Ben Simmons is backing somebody down from that full position and he kicks it out with his left hand and then hits first time's hand hands, and you know, oh, my God, he's going to make this. Unless he turns to one of those guys, when he shoots or when he gets the ball, his teammates start kind of running back on defense because they know it's going up and in. I don't see him being on the floor longer than Matisse Stiebel because although Matisse Steibel can't shoot at the clip that he does, what he gives you on defense is the difference between winning games and winning championships. I'm sorry. Offense wins games. Defense wins championships. And that kid can play defense. I think out of everybody, besides Ben Simmons, this break was the best for him. Because he just was able to take a step back. All right, I kind of hit a wall as a rookie. But now he's able to see what he could do better. He's got back to his slasher role. And he's looked phenomenal. He's looked phenomenal,
0: man. So you speak about language right there. Offensive wins games and stat lines and sells tickets, but defense wins championships. I'm 100% with you. But the more important question is, what's more important, Thibble going to the basket or Thibble's vlogging?
2: Ah, I'd have to say, I had to say him blocking shots and getting in the passing lanes. If, if you even see it on D, de- when he's on defense, and you'll see a play where somebody takes it from one wing to the top of the key, and whoever's at the top of the key goes to reverse it to get into a set. And you'll see, like, they'll see him there and they'll think twice about it. Because, like, yeah, he's about five feet off his man, but if this kid takes one step and extends his arms, he's in a pass lane and he's going the other way for a dunk. That type of energy and that type of fear putting somebody on defense is so valuable. Like I said, it's the equivalent and having a guy on offense who, if you know he touches the ball, you have to get out there and fly out there and hope that he misses it. Those guys on offense and defense under the floor, like when you have to just count for them and then you have to take a mental break to account for where they are on the floor, that completely changes the scheme of a game.
0: He is Daryl Reynolds, co-host of the Process podcast, member of the Villanova National Championship team. Follow him on Twitter at D-Ray, the director, and as all guests he appears every Thursday on the Boardwalk Honda Hotline. Appreciate the time.
2: Fellas, thank y'all, man. I'll talk to y'all next week. Absolutely.
0: I loved hearing that. Defense wins championships. Absolutely. Now, I was actually hanging
1: out with D-Ray this morning, and you know how I like to have some fun on the pods, and I could take you one-on-one, right? He's so big. <laughs> I was When I was hanging out with him this way. I'm thinking, wow, there's no way I could take this guy one-on-one. I was picturing. I told you but, that. I mean, I, I I know, but it's still funny. Like, I've hung out with him a bunch of times, but it's when you're standing next to a guy who's 6'8", when you Google it, it says 6'8", you think, he's probably 6'7". You know how they boost up the inch? I could take 6'7". You see, 6'8". Uh-uh. You can't take that in the post.
0: <laughs> I'm sure Barkley would shut you down, too. So. Well,
1: no, not Barkley. Just D-Ray. Oh, just D-Ray. I don't even I'm not I don't know though, because I still feel confident in my game. Maybe I can score
0: a couple points.
1: <laughs> We're gonna do it. One-on-one. We're gonna videotape it too.
0: Sports Bash being brought to you by Matt Blackia. Matt Blackia wants to get you approved today. That's Matt Blackia on the Black Horse Pike in Egg Harbor Township. Still to come. Headlines this hour, then next hour. Football at Ford powered by the Inside the Birds Podcast. NFL insider Adam Kaplan joins the show and Ask Broads and Josh. Send your questions in, 609-403-0973, at 973-ESPN on Twitter, at Broads81, at Josh Hennig on Twitter. Hit us up, 973-ESPN-FM, the 973-ESPN mobile app, powered by First Bank of... Welcome back into the Sports Bass. Josh Hennig filling in for Mike Gill on a Thursday, along with Hunter Brody, 973-ESPN... Of course, Ask Broads and Josh coming up at 4.30. You can text in your questions, 609-403-0973. Talk more NBA and Sixers coming up at 5 o'clock with Brian Deporek, co-host of the NBA pod. Writer for Forbes Sports. Also quality editor for Bleacher Report joining us coming up at 5 p.m. here on 97.3 ESPN. A little J. Cole. I listen. Good pull by you. I
1: observe. Yeah. Big fan of J. Cole. Huge fan. Released a
0: couple new tracks. Now, here's the thing. You ask me about non-country music, I'm much more being able to keep up.
1: Yeah, I can see that. Although, I was a little upset with Fitz yesterday, who came on and said anti-Kenny Chesney. You can't be country fan
0: and go anti-Kenny Chesney. But here's the problem. Fitz is from the music world originally. He is. Yes, he is. So his perspective on this stuff might be... It's like D-Ray. D-Ray looks at LeBron because D-Ray played in the game a little different than maybe you or I would. So how, like, I
1: love Sidney Crosby even though he's a Penguin because I played the game, I look at him probably differently than most? I think so.
0: I think because you're from inside that world, it's a little different for you. So I think for Fitz... Maybe he sees Chesney maybe a little bit differently. I get differently, but the scenarios you laid out—it's
1: we respect LeBron, we respect Crosby. I'm not saying he disrespects Kenny Chesney,
0: but you know, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta like Kenny Chesney. And maybe he thinks Chesney's corny, like D. Ray thinks LeBron's corny. How can you think that? Maybe he knows something that we don't. Maybe we'll ask him next week. Maybe Fitz, you know, has been on tour and he bumped into Chesney and Chesney was a little bit of a weirdo.
1: Yeah, I'm going to have to actually bring this up the next time we have him on, next Wednesday. I'll make a note. I pfft, I don't need a note. Every time I think of Fitz now, I think hey, you're anti Kenny Chesney. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, always great stuff with D-Ray there. Um, I-, I love the fact he, you know, joined, you know, with me with LeBron being MVP because I'm constantly running into people who are sitting there saying, yo, Giannis, 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 the metrics, the numbers. And I'm like, enough with the metrics and numbers. You can find metrics and numbers to support any argument. My eyeballs tell me that if you take LeBron off the Lakers, they stink. And I think the V in MVP means something, you know, it's, it's not the award for who has the best stats. It's the most valuable player, Hunter.
1: You don't have to tell me twice. I'm all for LeBron getting it. The thing is, though, it's not sexy. It's not sexy to pick LeBron James. So that's why I feel like he doesn't win it as much as he should. It's boring. It's boring to give the best player in all these leagues
0: the MVP trophy. But here's the thing. I don't think he should win it every year. Like, you mentioned Sidney Crosby. I don't think Sidney Crosby should win the MVP every year. I don't even think he should be a finalist every year because there are some years there is somebody else who might be more qualified. Like this year's finalist, Crosby's not in that list, and he shouldn't be because those three guys—guys guys like Panarin well, Connor, and others—Connor
1: McDavid had a way better year than. Panarin, I'd say. The problem is Leon Dreisaitl, which is the guy on his line, right. ended up having more points, so therefore he got in there. Not that McDavid could but McDavid is the new Crosby. He's the new version of it, so...
0: I use Crosby because he is kind of closer to LeBron's age. He's a little bit older. Okay, sure. You know, most people would agree that Crosby is still the best player in the league, even though McDavid is right on his heels, probably, and maybe next year or the year after, McDavid you know, ascends past him, but I think Crosby has the pedigree like LeBron that he's still looked at a certain way. So to me, that's why I'm making that comparison. Yeah, McDavid's
1: definitely producing more in terms of points, but when it comes to the intangibles of Sidney Crosby, that's where I still think he holds it as the best uh, to do it in this league right now. But I see where you're going
0: with this comparison. Yeah, and that's why to me, like, I'm not going to argue every year for LeBron. Like, We could go year by year with MVP years, and I'll tell you, like, who I think should or shouldn't have won, you know, like for example, the year, the two years Steph Curry won. My beef wasn't that Steph shouldn't have won. My beef was that he was unanimous the one year. I think unanimous is usually a very rare, ridiculous thing, especially considering the fact that how many times are we really going to admit that there was no, like, there was nobody else, really? Because that same year, LeBron was on the Cavs, and how many times? I'm not saying LeBron should have won over Steph, but he still should have been a, you know, the quote-unquote finalist, you know, one of the top 3, but to have a unanimous winner feels hollow to me. It's a little disrespectful. Well, I think that goes back to it. If they picked LeBron, and I know that
1: the NHL and other leagues are different. When it comes to basketball, one player makes that much of a difference, so it is different when it comes to these sports. But hockey
0: is a little similar.
1: Not in terms of one player changing the franchise like basketball. I mean, getting LeBron takes you from not playoffs to st- to winning the title. Getting someone like Sidney Crosby gets you to out of the playoffs to in the playoffs, not automatically going deal. to the Stanley Cup final. I know, but the ba- one person in basketball makes such more of a makes so much more of a difference than one player in hockey and
0: let's remember lebron didn't go to the finals the first couple years he was in the league it took him a couple years to finally drag a team of nobodies to the finals to lose to the spurs and it took him another few years to finally win a championship so you know even when you do have that transcendent player he still only gets you to the playoffs that's why i say at least a hockey is a little similar because when Crosby got to the Penguins or when McDavid got to the Oilers, that was a huge, huge
1: deal. It is, but it's not comparable. I don't see it being comparable at all because, yes, it did take LeBron a little bit to understand the league and jump from high school to the NBA, but once he got his, hey, I'm going and I'm getting to the finals every year, you're getting to the finals every year. I know Sidney Crosby won Cups, but he had a phenomenal goaltender. He had Malkin. I mean, there were so many other factors. True. With the NBA, you get LeBron James and you go to the NBA Finals. You can't say the same with the penguins even though that they do have a handful of cups with Sidney crosby
0: i just think that at least hockey's closer to basketball than other sports like to me baseball and football it doesn't matter like you can have the best player in the league but if the rest of the team around them isn't on par it doesn't matter
1: but i think it's the same way with hockey you need four lines like you need four lines you because think about it there's 60 minutes of play right your top guys you know, if they're playing 20-something minutes, uh, that's 40 minutes of ice time for other players. So I just think that you need way more than that one player in hockey. While basketball, LeBron's going to play 40 of 48 minutes, and now you're talking eight minutes of the game without LeBron.
0: Yeah, but LeBron still needs a supporting cast to win a I know he does.
1: I know he does, but the what he brings to the table is just on another level— than what one player in hockey adds to a
0: roster. And listen, again, you're from hockey world, so you view it a little differently. But for me, to me, the equivalent of Kyrie Irving next to LeBron or Dwayne Wade next to LeBron is having a great second line. To me, it's the equivalent of Sakic on one line, Peter Forsberg on another line. Like, that's what it is to me in terms of how I look at it. I'm not saying I'm right, but at least how my eyes see it.
1: I'm with you. I, I see what you're trying to say when you compare the two. I just think with hockey it's just a twenty-man effort. You know, it's just a you need a full team. Where in basketball you can get away with having Kevin Durant and then you're ready to make a run.
0: I'll keep the J. Cole running for you. Please. It's fine. Keep I like this. that.
1: There's nothing wrong with that at all.
0: Place your legal sports bets at PlaySugarHouse.com with the NBA returning tonight, the NHL this weekend. Listen, you can sign up now, and they'll match your first deposit up to $250. So go to playsugarhouse.com and start betting on basketball tonight, the NHL this weekend, more UFC fights this weekend. They're still going strong. Korean baseball, they were rained out yesterday. They were back in action today. So you know what? You got tons of things as along with Real money casino games from the comfort of your home at PlaySugarHouse.com. Must be 21 or older to play. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLING. This is the Sports Bash on 97.3 ESPN. Josh Hennig filling in for Mike Gill on a Thursday. NBA resumes tonight. Of course, you can hear all the action right here on 97.3 ESPN. Lakers, Clippers. I can speak for two people who will definitely be watching. Myself. And
1: I will be watching, absolutely, along with some hockey too and some baseball. I'm gonna be overwhelmed. They're gonna be flipping all over the place.
0: What's well, wrong with that? Not at all. That's how I live my life. Two TV setups. Bang bang bang. I got a TV and I got a device. That works.
1: I did that for a long, long time. I went laptop on my on my uh, lap and then I had my TV. Oh, I would go, I would go device. You know, Sometimes even throw the phone on the on the laptop
0: where I would lean it up. So then I would have three. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. My I can't trust my laptop to do that though. No. Can't manage. My 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 technology is pretty old at this point.
1: Understandable. My laptop's getting up there in age. My, my
0: phone is more quality. Well nowadays, yeah, you can rock a lot. <laughs> I
1: mean sometimes I'm watching the My Teams app or whatever and I'm, what cru- I'm doing Yeah, this. I'm
0: crushing it on the I mean, phone. You see, I mean, you see my screen That's yeah, a pretty you, nice
1: screen right there. Absolutely. I agree with that. These screens are getting crazy. You ever
0: watch football on your phone? I've had to before, yes. I was actually at an event one time, and I was like, this is bad. I, I got to put the game on the phone. I'm like having FOMO. I remember when the when the Eagles played the Falcons in that
1: playoff game, we had a college hockey game that night. ooh, And I wasn't playing. I was injured at the time. So I'm sitting in the stands watching my team play.
0: And watching your team play.
1: Clearly, when I say watching my team play, I'm talking Eagles because that's <laughs> what I was paying attention to off to the side. But, I mean, no one can tell. There's so many people in the stands, you know what I mean? They're just watching the Eagles. I don't care if I my team won. Should I be saying that on air? <laughs> Speaking of football, let's go to headlines. The top 100 list is making everybody all pissed off. Oh, Carson Wentz ridiculous. not on the list. But it's really about, well, I mean, Carson Wentz not being on the list is a reasonable discussion here. But I will say, it's also ridiculous that Pat Mahomes was not number one. You had Lamar Jackson in front of him, as well as Russell Wilson and Aaron Donald. Your thoughts on Carson Wentz and uh, the top four there with Pat Mahomes?
0: Well, first of all, Wentz not being on the list at all is just, it, it just feels cheap. Like, you're telling me that a guy who's arguably one of the 14 at worst best quarterbacks in the league is in the top 100? That's just ridiculous, number one. But number two, the list is even worse that Pat Mahomes is what, fourth? So you're telling me that there's really three dudes who are better in the league than Pat Mahomes? I doubt it. I think the problem with these lists, and this is why players can't always be trusted to evaluate, is because a lot of times they're voting for their buddies, they're voting for their friends, they're voting for the guys that they like, not always for the best player. And I think that's where the rub is. I think that sometimes guys can't take their bias out of these conversations.
1: I couldn't agree more. You got guys like Tannehill on there, Josh Allen on there, over Carson Wentz. Is there something to be said about the way Carson Wentz is viewed around the league? Or do you think that that's not
0: fair to say? I think it's fair for this reason. And I don't want to get into a hyper-sociopolitical discussion. But I heard somebody else bring this up. So I'm gonna reappropriate their point. Maybe there is something to the fact that Wentz is very open about his Christianity. And he's very open about his, you know, faith-based beliefs and his charity, and how you know, he likes to go to Haiti and help the families in Haiti, and he likes to do all this charity work, and maybe he's a little preachy about it. Makes some people uncomfortable.
1: I could see that being realistic. Sure. I mean, there's a lot of people out there that don't go down that road, but there's also a lot of people like Brian Dawkins who do go down that road as well, though.
0: But I think because Wentz, and this is something Gillis brought up, because Wentz is from North Dakota, he's from a different world, that, you know, maybe his socializing ability is maybe a little not on par with some of the other guys. You know, Dawkins is from South Carolina. He went to Clemson. You know, he's got that he's got that southern vibe to him that is very friendly and very, you know, part of the group, but he's a leader at the same time. You know, maybe Wentz is not exactly maybe he's learning on the job how to be a little more social. Because if you notice the guy who plays with him, they love him. The guys who don't play with him, they seem not to know him too much.
1: So you don't think North Dakota's like Philadelphia? Heck no.
0: <laughs> Heck. You don't see
1: any comparisons.
0: No, absolutely not. As a South Philly kid myself, let me tell you, when I moved down to South Jersey, I was confused beyond belief about some things. It took me a little bit of time to adjust to South Jersey versus South Philly.
1: I think it's funny when when I was playing junior hockey and playing college and I would meet... Some teammates from Russia and, and they look at South Jersey, you know, they hear the way we talk. And not only out of the country, because that's anybody here, but teammates from Minnesota and Chicago, and they're looking at the, me and a couple other teammates from Philly. What the hell is wrong with you guys? You know, you say water. What is water? You know, they call it pop. We call it, I mean, there's all those little things, yeah. but. You know, they they laugh at us like we are just a ridiculous breed in the Philadelphia, South Jersey area. It's kind of funny. You know, we obviously emphasize things more, the water. and We, you know, we have some fun with it. But it's funny to see how other people react who have no clue what it's like to live in this area.
0: Listen, other people live differently than other parts of the country. And you live in North Dakota, it's definitely different than Philadelphia. Oh, no it, doubt about it. say it very nicely.
1: No doubt. But, yeah, it's interesting that, Uh, that uh, Carson Wentz was not on the list, something that is shocking, but at the same time, I don't care too much about this list. I don't put a lot of stock into it. All it is is players voting, and players vote for their friends, and they vote around the league. It doesn't mean a damn thing. Like, Russell Wilson, phenomenal quarterback. Not better than Pat Mahomes though Lamar Jackson fun ride that he had this year and I'm rooting for him to succeed I love the fact that he said I'm not a wide receiver you know how coaches like to do it in the NFL when they see a guy like Lamar Jackson play quarterback in college when they enter the league they say you're gonna play another position I love the fact that he said no I'm not I'm a quarterback and he had a great year he's not better than Pat Mahomes though no not better than Pat Mahomes all right, we'll transition to baseball. I saw you tweeting up a Storm last night about some baseball. <laughs> the Dodgers win in the 13th inning against the Astros. And you brought up analytics when it came to the MVP race. Would analytics tell you when there's a man on second base to bunt someone over to third and get one out? Probably Actually, not. they Exactly, you are correct. It does not tell you to do that. But that is absurd to me. Bunt the man over to third base. Bunt the man over to third. You're telling me you got a man on third with one out. How do you not play those odds? Do that. Do that. I think the difference was something like 2% difference from being on second base with zero outs and third base with one out if you were the road team hitting at the top of an extra inning. They broke it down for you on the screen.
0: I know. I saw that. Bunt the man over, Josh. Bunt the man over. Well, you know what Chipper Jones said on the broadcast last night? He just says, all I know is how to hit. I don't know about all these numbers.
1: <laughs> well, that's a great way to put it. And you saw no, it wait, go to that's the That's a Hall of
0: Famer right there.
1: Now, 13 innings, when they implemented this rule, that's the longest we've seen so far. Correct. We saw it. Inning after inning after inning. And we actually saw some runs being scored throughout those extra innings, too. It wasn't like no one got knocked in. What did you think last night about it? Did it change your opinion to see a longer game go by?
0: I, I'm indifferent at this point. I, I'm just, I'm just happy baseball's on my television at this point. I get that, but I hate it. I just, I loved watching the tension between the Dodgers and the Astros because you could tell, you know, from inning to inning. You know, you're watching the game, and maybe you're not watching it 100 percent because you got another game on another screen, but you're watching it and be like, man, the, the, these guys want to yell at each other, but they're not because they don't want to get suspended. And you could felt like you felt the emotion. You know, no Dave Roberts in the dugout because he was suspended a game. You know, you saw when Kenley Jansen came in for that inning, and you know it wasn't a save opportunity, but, you know, he went out there and finished the inning off. And, you know, you could tell he was had a little bit extra gas behind that fastball. You saw that in the extra innings, guys were maybe gripping the bat a little tighter. You know, you saw that Altuve was swinging out of his shoes a little bit. I was bit. going to
1: bring him up next. Altuve he had a tough night at the
0: office, right? They said on the broadcast last night he doesn't look right. He's I wonder o- if it's he's opening because up too quickly. Maybe there's no budger on his chest telling him what's coming next. Well, I thought they brought up a good point last night. They said that he looks like he's stomping his foot down when he when he places his foot down the swing. And they were saying that when you stomp your foot instead of place your foot, it stops you from turning your hips. So then you gotta open up your hips too quickly, and it makes you miss the ball altogether.
1: Another guy who's struggling big time, Kristen Yelich. Whoof! when it comes to this start of the season he's striking out he's having a tough time and look slumps are going to happen when it comes to these star players no doubt about it it's just crazy And, and you wonder if this has to be if this is because of being put on pause after the normal spring
0: training back in March let me tell you something, and I'm. it sounds horrible. I'm actually kind of glad that Christian Yelich is struggling. Why is that? Because I was getting tired of people trying to tell me that he was better than certain players in baseball. There were people who were trying to make arguments before the season resumed that, you know, well, Christian Yelich, he's better than Mookie Betts. He's better than uh, uh, Mike Trout. Definitely he's not better, better than Mike
1: Trout. You know,
0: he's better than Bryce Harper.
1: He might be statistically better than Bryce
0: Harper. Yeah, but he's not. I mean, he's hitting
1: 330, 326. I mean, his batting average is unbelievable. OBP of 429. Yeah. Christian Yelich is but one hell of a player. part of
0: being a great player is being a well-rounded player. And Yelich, aside from his bat, doesn't have the tools that the other guys do. Uh,
1: yeah, but now you're downplaying how good his bat really is.
0: I'm not downplaying. him. If you want to tell me he's a top five player in the league, I can. Well, I can if work he's with top that.
1: five, then he's better than Bryce, because Bryce isn't top five. I think Bryce is top five. Bryce is not top five. Who
0: you put out of Bryce?
1: Well, you got Mike Trout. You got Kristen Yelich. Uh, Mookie Betts. Mook- yes, I would put Mookie Betts up there. He was hitting. He hit 346 when he was playing for Boston the other year. Two years ago? Yeah. 346. When the you imagine MVP. that? Yeah. Let's see who else we got on the list here. Um. I'm just trying to think off the top of my head, but I know that there's definitely more players better
0: than. than... But the problem is, you're struggling to come up with something. Well,
1: no, not really. I mean, I could. Could you argue that Anthony Rendon is better nah. than Bryce Harper? Nah, he's not why, better.
0: Why is that? I think Rendon is a little bit. Him and Harper are actually too close and similar. And the fact that they both have these streaky sides to them, whether they're either hot or they're not. I think they're. I don't think Rendon is better because I don't think his. His skill set is pure Cody better. Bellinger. Bellinger doesn't only really hit for average. Altuve. Altuve. No in No, come on man. I'll give you Arenado. Aaron Judge. I think Aaron Judge is a little flawed.
1: Yeah, see, I think your mindset's a little flawed when it comes to this list as well.
0: I would take almost all the other guys you mentioned over Aaron Judge.
1: Okay, but that doesn't mean that I think that Aaron Judge is bad. I'll would I Aaron rather Judge have
0: top 5
1: Maybe not top five, but I still would I rather have him over Bryce Harper. It would be close, I think so.
0: It's probably a coin
1: flip. Okay. I don't know if
0: I would say he's better than. definitively.
1: But everybody else I named, I think is no doubt.
0: I don't know if Altuve is. I don't think. And I'm Bellinger keeping pitchers out of
1: it, obviously, because that changes the game. Nah, yeah, you. Hitters. Yeah, more yeah. more everyday players. But All yeah, right. I mean, uh, Juan Soto.
0: I can't I need more of a resume from Juan.
1: That's true, but I he I think he has potential. I would to say be better. he has the
0: potential to be better. Same
1: with Ronald Acuna Jr.
0: And I think Suda Soda has potentially be better than Yelich, potential to be better than Bellinger, potential to be better than Arenado. He has the potential to be better than all of those guys. But I gotta see him do it first.
1: Okay, and I can agree with that. I mean he definitely did it uh, phenomenally in the postseason look I I right. love Bryce Harper I, I just think that you know he's he's not the top five player not yeah. top ten but he's, he's up there I mean he's a good player on no
0: doubt my concern with him is I just don't want to see another Andrew Jones remember Andrew Jones he looked like he was on his way to a Hall of Fame career and I mean he just hit a wall and fell flat on his face at the end of his career it was like what happened to this guy I mean, the guy was a gold glove center fielder, power, hitting for average. He was incredible. And then one day he just stopped hitting. And it was like, what's going on here? And I'm, I just don't, I'm not hoping for that for Soto, but I'm just staying cautiously optimistic, I'll say.
1: That's fair to say. But I'm just looking at some other guys here that I have not named yet because I want to see who I missed on some of these lists on MLB.com. <laughs> no, I'm just curious. They like have Alex, Alex Bregman. They did have Anthony Rendon up there as well. They Bregman's did throw,
0: too high.
1: They did throw some pitchers in there. So Francisco Lindor, they added. Did I say Lindor? I don't no,
0: you know. didn't, but I'm willing to give you Lindor. I think Lindor might be the most underrated player in baseball.
1: Maybe that's because he plays on Cleveland.
0: Part of that and also part of it because – he he, he doesn't. He's not sexy. Remember we were talking about sexy earlier. He just he's a guy who just gets the job done every day.
1: So did we clarify that Bryce Harper is not top five? He's right outside the top ten, I'd say in baseball, which I is w- fair. Okay,
0: that's not a bad spot will, to be. I will compromise and say Bryce Harper is not top five, but I will say he's top ten.
1: You go top ten. I think he's right outside, maybe. So but you're regardless. saying top
0: fifteen. Top fifteen
1: player in baseball. Okay, I'll say top ten. You say top fifteen. I do think that his average is a, and, and I know batting average in today's era of baseball is not supposed to be what you look at, and, and I get that. I look at all of these stats, but I do think he 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 it hits a little too low of an average for me, just a little too low. Still had a phenomenal season last year. He knocks in the runs. He walks a lot. He provides home run. I get it. I love Brizzi defensively. Can we talk about how great he was that's defensively? I said intangibles.
0: Right, but and that's where Yelich falls short. He's not the defensive player and, that Mookie or Lindor or Harper or those other guys are.
1: But what he provides offensively, I think the difference between Bryce Harper's offense and Yelich's offense, it's more important to have that offense than it is Bryce Harper's defense. I,
0: I can't 100% agree with that because I I'm a big believer in when you have certain defensive intangibles. Or, and you have certain, like, fear factor intangibles as a hitter, I think that is powerful. Like, But I don't
1: think baseball's f- defense is... It's important, don't get me wrong, but it's not that important. It's more about how much you can hit that baseball, more so than it is your defense. You just got to be average defensively, and then your offense is what carries you in baseball.
0: Sometimes. But I, I appreciate the debate. Because you know what? I will never be on the Christian Yelich bandwagon. Why,
1: though? Like, you're not giving him enough praise for what he does. I I just think that A 330 hitter hitting that many homers last year, it's special. He's having a bad start to the season, but he's good.
0: He's good. He's not great. Yes, he is. He's very good. He's not great. He's better than Bryce Harper is. Not to me. Oh. He's Hunter Brody. I'm Josh Henning, filling in for Mike Gill here on 97.3 ESPN. Coming up next, football at four, Adam Kaplan.